So tonight we begin chapter two, Divinity and Divine Service. Vyasa Uvacha. Itisam Prashna Samhashto Vipranam Ro Mahasanai Pratipuja Bachaste Sam Pravaktum Upachakrame. So Vyas says that telling the story here, this is the overriding author telling the story of the Sutta Goswami and the sages of Naimisharanya. Sutta's speaking to addressing the questions of the sages and Sutta Goswami's telling of the story of how, in the context of answering them, how he heard from Sukadev who was speaking to Pariksit Maharaj. So these are the three kind of overriding narratives. Vyasa is writing the whole thing. Sutta Goswami speaking to the sages of Naimishrani headed by Shonaka. Telling the story of Sukadev speaking to Parikshit Maharaj. And in the context of that, then there are other minor um, stories that are told and uh, questioners and answers and so forth. <coughs> Book of questions and answers. <coughs> and here tonight's verse stresses that. He says, Iti samprashna samhashto. Prashna means question and shto means uh, to be tushti, to be uh, satisfied. Hmm? Here the word samprashna and samhashto. So sam means complete. So Vyas says that Sutta Gosami Vipranam Rumaharshanai. He says, of the two, the Vipranam, the sages, headed by Sonaka, the Vipras, another name for the Brahmins, the Vipranam and Rumaharshanai. Rumaharshanai means the son of Rumaharshan, so that is Sutta Gosami. His other name is Ugrashrava. So he says, here one side, the Vipra, they, the sages, they asked questions, and the son of Ramaharshan, Sutta Goswami, gave answers. But the, uh, he says that the, the questions were some prashna, and that means they were perfect questions. And they fully satisfied Sutta Gosami, who heard them. He was Samrashto, fully satisfied. So perfect questions, perfect answers. We published a small book entitled Perfect Questions, Perfect Answers Once in Iskon, based on questions of a disciple, a devotee who became a disciple of Prabhupada, that had darshan of Prabhupada, and he asked various questions. The Prophet gave the answers, so perfect questions, perfect answers. So the questioner's point here is they're equally glorified, as is the uh, the answerer, the inquirer's equally glorified in the Bhagavatam, as is the speaker. These two give uh, constitute the, the chemistry that gives rise to the Bhagavatam. And we heard the questions of the sages. They were very well put, thoughtful, hmm? in the right spirit, and so forth. And this is part of why they were perfect. They constituted 
really submissive inquiries and essential inquiries. They weren't just curiosity seeking. Mm-hmm. They were seekers. They were jignasu. They were the upper end of those who come to bhakti, who come for all out of material necessity, out of distress, out of seeking, and out of knowing. Hmm? Uh, Suits is a knower. He's going to speak about Sukadev, a knower. Hmm? And the sages are seekers, inquirers. But they're not just curiosity-seeking, which they say killed the cat. No. They're essentially uh, seeking and seeking with a sense of um, urgency and necessity to know the truth. And so this is powerful, this kind of inquiry. It's actually caused um, Sugadev, we'll see, to speak about the Bhagavatam. Their inquiry, when he sums it all up, what they've asked, then he has to come to the conclusion what I've heard from Sugadev, that's what I have to speak to them, given the way they're asking, the quality of their inquiry, the nature of it, the, the, the basic um, content itself, motive aside, and so forth. But all these things together make for the perfect, perfect questions. This is part of, um, very much part of the guru disciple. Um, relationship questioning I've said before come and sit before the guru and doubt sometimes we're told don't have any doubts which means don't have any questions and um, we're intimidated in some circles I've heard people are intimidated for having questions that really the speaker doesn't know the answer to <laughs> way of saying don't speculate and you shouldn't ask those kind of questions be submissive and don't challenge and so forth. Now there's a place for that too when there is actual challenging and um, and the inquiry is not um, submissive and respectful and so forth as it should be. But um, uh, but that can be abused as, I, as I'm saying. The speaker doesn't know the answer. Um, and I've heard instances um, like that. So, no, we should come sit and we expect that we'll have doubts. And doubts means, well, questions. You said this, but I'm thinking that. And this, this, this seems to be a contradiction. And can you explain? And so on and so forth. Um, so, come and sit before the Guru and doubt and question. Ado Guru Vashraya. To take shelter of the Guru, this is the first... Um, of the limbs of sadhana bhakti given by Rupa Goswami. And it means that it comes before diksha, shikshadi, and the shiksha. Shiksha here that follows diksha is the siksha that supports the diksha. Hmm? Diksha has been given now, this, this, so then that, that makes for a certain type of inquiry, further inquiry, and further response. It's more specific. Now, I've asked the general questions and I've gotten a response and my doubts are cleared. 
to the point where I accept the guide. Hmm? I, I, this is a huge step to accept the guru. Now you're my teacher. Um, I was first inquiring to see if you were my teacher. I respect that you are a teacher, and uh, I give you the give you the regard and the benefit of the doubt and so forth. And and um, I've come to sit and I'm asking questions and and the guru is answering and clearing the doubts by citing the scripture hmm? and um, establishing the scriptural conclusions, which should strengthen one's one's faith in the scripture, in Revelation itself, that the Guru is a representative of, and so forth. And so, as I say, then, doubts are cleared to a certain point, and accept initiation. And then there are instructions, Siksha, that follow the Diksha, to support, and then the questions are with regard to support the Diksha, not to challenge the Diksha, hmm. but to support the Diksha. You've already accepted now. Here's my teacher, and I'm, this is what I want to learn about. This is my subject. Hmm. And so I inquiries how to go further into that, not to challenge it. Some doubt may become about how it works and so on and so forth. But, but at any rate, the nature of the inquiry changes slightly after diksha. Um, before diksha, it's kind of open. Um, so he clears those uh, those kinds of doubts and... It's expected that they will be there. <clears throat> so it's expected that there will be questions. And so the sages have inquired, and their questions are characterized here, described here by the as being very nice, complete, some personal. Perfect questions. And so, as I say, Sutta is satisfied, he's enlivened, he's inspired. So this this is kind of reciprocal dealings. A fellow wrote me, uh, one of our devotees, and um, he said, I'm so inspired and so on and so forth. Uh, Such and such is happening to me at this point in my life, and I put myself completely at your disposal, and myself and my wife, and whatever is, you know, you see wherever you sit for, see for, for us to go and do and so forth. And I had to tell him, well, that inspired me. <laughs> so we could take over the world with that kind of um, response. So the, the guru inspires the disciple. The, sire, the disciple inspires back with his or her earnest um, embrace of the teaching. It's a call, really, to action. It's not... A, curiosity-seeking type of questions. And as Pujapadshita Maharshi say, I'm not just an information board here. I've got a purpose. I've got an agenda. And uh, I have, a, I have a, my idea is to convey to you the sense of urgency at hand. You have human life. You have this good opportunity. You should take advantage of it. So, so this, this, this is a kind of questioning and so it's gotten a good response from Sutta. Who the son of Ramaharshan and Patipujas Pachastesham. So he, he, he then in turn says here what, that, uh, Pratipuja, Pratipuja, he worships them. Hmm? He gives his worship to them. He thanks them. He pays his dandavat to them. He's, 
these your questions. Wow, what opportunity they've opened for me. And again, he wasn't expecting this. They had gathered for another reason. So um, then he began to reply. Here is his reply. Sutta Uvacha. Yam prabrajantam manupeta apete krityam dvaipayano biraha katura ajuhava putvetitan mayataya taro binerus tam sarva bhutta hridayam munimanatusme. Such nice verse. He says, Tam sarva bhutta hridayam munimanatusme. The last line of this verse. Anato asmi. I offer my respects to Munim, to the Muni. Who? Tam sarva bhuta hridayam. Who has entered into the hearts of everyone, of all living beings. Tam sarva bhuta hridayam. Bhuta, all living beings hridayam. Who's that Muni? Uh, from my respect, who has entered the hearts of all living beings. He's talking about Sukadev. Hmm? Uh, for my respect to him, he says, Yam prabrajantam anupetam apetakrityam. He left home prabrajantam. He left home, he went into the uh, forest hmm? and renounced everything before embracing that which one will renounce. This is the emphasis on the extent to which he renounced. Generally, one will accept certain things that uh, qualify one religiously. He will take the initiation, he will take the, do the different uh, sangskaras and study and so on and so forth. And then the culmination of that will be leaving the home, foregoing the Varnashram, having understood it, having transcended it, taking sannyas and so forth. But this, this, this is the uncanny, this, this uh, extraordinary position of, of, uh, of, of Sukadev. He left home before undergoing any purificatory rites, rituals, before studying. He didn't even uh, undergo the diksha or anything like that. Hmm? So people who say, see, Sukadev didn't get initiation, so initiation is not required. <laughs> <laughs> And they say things like that, take something out of context like this. Uh, uh, Jiva Goswami explains in his Bhakti Sandarbha that, um, no, that uh, initiation may not be required. If you don't have uh, any oppression from the mind and the senses and so on and so forth, but this is, <laughs> he's saying, initiation is required. Initiation and the subsequent, which means signing on as a disciple, so to follow the discipline. So disciple means discipline, means that there are going to be instructions that are given that whereby I can bring my mind under control, I can bring my senses under control. I'm not allowed to just do anything and everything with them, and there's a certain uh, parameters that I have, have to live within and so forth. And... Um, in one sense, the, the smaller those are, the kinder the guru uh, can be said to be. Although he yeah, had fewer disciples. <laughs> that. <clears throat> so, 
Sugadeva is an extraordinary person. He's not the standard. Uh, he's the exception. So if you're like a Sugadeva, then we say, you don't need initiation. He entered the hearts of all living beings. At birth, the story is given just to emphasize, he left home without any sung scar, without, without even saying anything, just, that was it. The story is, of course, that he wouldn't come out of the womb. This is all just to emphasize the, 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 uh, the point. He wouldn't come out of the womb for 16 years because he didn't want to get entangled in Maya. And of course, Krishna was brought from Dwarka. It was a problem for his wife, his wife, 16 years, you can imagine, it's a pretty big problem, 16-year pregnancy. So Krishna was brought, Krishna promised Sukadeva in the womb that if you come out, I promise you won't get distracted by Maya. So he came out. This is just a story to make the point, one, that Maya is very powerful, and two, that by taking shelter of Krishna, you will not be distracted by Maya. So he came out, and there he went into the forest. Hmm? So he was an extraordinary person. Uh, Still, it turns out he had something to learn, right? Because his father went after him and did ultimately call him back. Here it says, first of all, he couldn't get him to come back. He went, yam pravajantam anupetu petu krityam. Without undergoing any reformatory rites and so forth, he just left, entered into the forest, Dwaipayano, Dwaipayano refers to his father, Dwaipayano Vyas, Krishna Dwaipayano Vyas is his name. Vyas is actually a title, it means compiler. So it would compile the, the wisdom, that's a Vyas, previous to the Krishna Dwaipayana, then his, uh, the elder Parashurama, not Parashurama, um, but, uh, Parashuramuni, right, was also a Vyas. So this is Krishna Dwaipayana Vyas. And there's a specific name. You could have this Swami or that Swami. So you can have this Vyas or that Vyas. He's the most famous Vyas, of course. And he's said to be a Shaktivesha avatar. So his work with regard to compiling was extraordinary. Empowered by Krishna for that purpose. He compiled all the Vedic wisdom, edited it and so forth. And ultimately, this Bhagavatam is his final work. So, Dwaipayano, Viraha. Dwaipayano, Vyas, felt some separation from his son. His son is like, my son's leaving. Now, this might be thought to be a fault. Viraha, Katra, Arjuhava. He felt separation from him, and he called out to him, but he couldn't, he couldn't, he did, there was, Zukadev didn't have an ear. Hmm? So uh, it uh, it sounds at, at, at first that Biraha um, Katra he had some anxiety and some fear. He called out, "Oh, my son, come back! What about all these rituals? You know, this kind of thing." This is at first how it sounds, but then we hear something else in the verse as well. Putretitan Mayataya Taravo Binedus. Hmm. That, as it turned out, Sukadev didn't say anything, but the trees, who were also attached to Sukadev, it says here, Taravo, Tanmayataya, Tanmayataya means uh, uh, they were they were oh, to him 
Maya, they were also attached to the trees. And as Vyas spoke out in attachment for his son, so the trees spoke out in attachment. Vyas said, for example, Oh, my son, as his son went that way with his back to his father, then the trees said, Oh, my son, to Sukadev as he was entering the forest, facing them. So, of course, we can say, it was just an echo, <laughs> right? You want to take the life out of the, just an echo, and these people thinking the trees are talking, and so forth. But um, the Bhagavatam seeks to make uh, a significant point here. Prabhupada gives a nice translation that but only the trees who were also attached to Sugadev and also felt some separation from him, some viraha from him, they echoed in response. So it doesn't mean that it's an empty response, but this is a curious idea. The trees were also attached to him. It means, as it's said here, that tan sarvabhutam hridayam unimanatasme he was a very extraordinary person. This is a mohima, a glorification of his guru on the part of Sutta Goswami. He had sat in the assembly where uh, Parikshit Maharaj had gathered with many, many, many sages of all different persuasions, of Sankhya, Mimamsa, and this and that, and, and so forth, asking what to do with, now with my life at the time of death. This was the big inquiry on the bank of the Ganges. This is the emperor fasting from food and drink and so forth. And the boy Sukadev emerged from the forest naked. And everyone stood up in respect. Um, so Sukadev, Sutta Goswami here, he's going to speak the, now. And he, he, in the nature of their inquiry is bringing Sukadev to his mind. And he said, only what Sukadev has spoken to Parikshit in that assembly is a fitting um, topic uh, and text, the Bhagavatam, to speak on in reply to these sages' inquiry. And we heard their inquiry, we can understand, this means Bhagavatam. He has to speak the Bhagavatam based on these inquiries. This is... This his mind goes to Sugadev, his guru. He learned from, he actually learned directly from Vyas, the Sutta Goswami. He was very learned, and and he could have spoken on any number of uh, topics. But this went right to his heart. His own heart had been touched by Sugadev. So so much honoring the questions. His mind goes to Sugadev. He describes him, glorifies him in this way, and. Uh, uh, he thinks about that assembly and all the different questions, answers that were offered previous to Sukadev coming. They're not recorded in the Bhagavatam, but the implication is many people had offered suggestions. You should do this, you should do this. Hmm? And the Bhagavatam from the mouth of Sukhamukha Amrita, Drabhasambhitam, this nectar from the mouth of Sukadev silenced everybody. Hmm? Everyone became silenced. They all stood up and and they just heard the Bhagavatam. Hmm? 
and Sukadev, they could understand he had answered the problem of death. He had, practically speaking, he had no attachment. This is the implication of his being naked. Didn't even know if he was wearing clothes or not. Mm-hmm. So they, he, he understood. And then the question, the way he answered it so, so deeply, so profoundly, the solution to the death problem, so comprehensive. He spoke about immortal, the character of immortal of life and immortality, Chaitanya, Charitamrita. This is what it's the essence of the, you know, the Bhagavatam, same idea. The immortal character of, uh, or the, 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 the consciousness, Chaitanya consciousness, uh, the immortal character, of the nectarine character of consciousness, the consciousness of consciousness. And so, I mean, the Bhagavatam, it's just like such a comprehensive answer that, uh, to the death problem. Hmm? So, Sukadeva Sutta is remembering Sutta Goswami, his guru, and he said, "This I get the chance to speak about that which my guru spoke that touched me so much that I'm really all about as well. I'm in good good company here." So he says that what, uh, that he entered the hearts of all living beings. This is Sukadeva Goswami. Hmm? It's a symptom of bhakti, subhada, that's being referred to here. Subhada means auspiciousness. This comes in the higher stages of sadhana bhakti. Um, two, there's six characteristics to prema bhakti, and they appear in the threefold stages: two, two, and two. Sadhana bhakti begets two qualities. Bhava bhakti begets two qualities, and prema bhakti, and they're cumulative. Also, so all six are in prema bhakti. So, what are they in, in sadhana bhakti? We have that um, miseries are destroyed. It means the avidya, the ignorance that uh, generates the the karmic motor hmm, of our implication in material life is uprooted. Hmm? So, because attachments... that drives... Uh, that, that is ignorance that drives the karmic kind of engine is um, uprooted in sadhana bhakti said to kleshagni it removes all miseries this is one and also in sadhana bhakti shubhada it brings all auspiciousness later in bhav bhakti we find it, the rarity of bhakti it's, it's being very rare is is realized how it belittles liberation moksha lakshanukrit is is realized because bhava means you're liberated and still there's somewhere to go far to go to pray so it makes liberation look small but of course you have the patience in bhava bhakti to, to pursue that and uh, the rarity of it also amongst liberated souls it's rare and then in prayam we find the two qualities that it, it produces a kind of sandrana, a concentrated happiness. There's happiness in all three stages of bhakti, but the prema has a concentrated kind of happiness. 
that makes the happiness again of Brahman look like insignificant in comparison. That uh, said, Rupa Goswami says, if you were to take the the happiness of mukti and multiply it at a million fold, it wouldn't compare to a tiny atomic particle of prem, the happiness of prem. And lastly, prem has the quality of prem is prem bhakti is that it has the capacity to conquer Krishna. Hmm? So here, Shubhada is being described when it says um, that he entered the hearts of all living beings. Hmm? It means that it's in, in this auspiciousness is is fourfold. It's two qualities means first two qualities of Shubhada. The devotee be, loves the world and the world loves the devotee. The devotee loves the world means he cares about all living beings and he's engaged fully in the para upakar. Hmm? The means to do the highest welfare work to deliver them. And on account of that, then Dira Dira Janapriya Prakaro, as the Goswamis described, people like him. Hmm? Living beings become attracted to him. Hmm? Uh, these are the two kind of the swarup lakshan of this shubhada, hmm? this auspiciousness. That's one of the qualities of prem bhakti that, as they say, appears in sadhana bhakti. The other is that it has all good qualities. So these are these two qualities are um, the best of all qualities, so to speak. And so they're singled out as spoken and spoken about separately by in bhakti rasamrita sindhu. And then the general idea, yasyasti bhakti ur bhagavati akinchana, sarvair gunais tatra samasate sarvaharur bhaktasikuto mahatguna, maturatenasati bhavdhaito bhati bhahi. A quote from Bhagavatam that substantiates the idea that the auspiciousness of the devotee is that he has all the good qualities of the devas. Hmm? It means that because he's controlled the senses, our sense of sight, for example, which takes us to different forms, is controlled by light, by sun. So if you control the sense of sight, you control the sun. Wow. It doesn't mean you can make the sun come out every day. Maybe, but... Um, but and, all, and, so, and so all the devas, hmm, they become... You become a worshipable object to them. Hmm? They want to kind of help you along, so to speak. So it's powerful. Hmm? And lastly, what um, there's four. No, no, no. Within Subhadra, we're just kind of talking about. And there's another. There's another quality. I can't remember. But here, what's being described is the first two, the subduction of this. Um, Shubhada, a quality of, one of the qualities of, characteristics, I should say, of Prem. And so Sukadeva Goswami, the trees love him. Hmm? The trees, nature is loving him. He has no, you should, we should sit and chant like this. Hmm? This, is, this is like you were going to play an instrument. Like Krishna plays the flute and he sees, hmm, let's see what I can do with this. Plays a note and the water turns into earth. Then the earth turns into water. Plays another note and the cows give milk from their udders. He's trying to perfect it so that he can capture Radha's heart. Hmm. 
it get her to respond. So we should chant our japa like that. Hmm? What will happen with this? Hmm? We see if we can chain the deer to come this, uh, uh, and not eat from the garden, just listen to the chanting. Of course, the big animal we're trying to train is ourself hmm? to change our own heart. It's just like that. We should play it like chant, like we, like Krishna plays his flute, make an experiment, see if I can... To play this instrument properly, hmm? what kind of effect will be there? Wow! Hmm? What can be? What magic can can uh, be accomplished by this chanting? With that in mind, hmm? and this is the, the big magic, the real, like impossible, do the impossible, to change my own heart, hmm? to change my own heart, where I I I dwell separate from everyone, hmm? separate with my own desires. I've established my own kingdom. Sukadev's not like that. He's entered the heart of all living beings. Hmm? Everyone wants to open the door for him and let him in. Everyone wants to embrace him. Hmm? Hmm? So to come out from the small world of our selfish heart means to enter the world family, to become a, the, 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 a son of the universe, a father of the universe. I mean, we looked at from different different sides. He was looked at like looked at like the son of the world, hmm? whom everyone wanted to care for, hmm? and whom everyone felt they could benefit from at the same time. So Vyas isn't being faulted here for his attachment to his son, because even the trees are attached to him. This is an extraordinary son. You should be attached attached to that kind of a son, is the idea. Hmm? So Sugadeva Sutta is describing um, Sugadeva Goswami like this, remembering the assembly and how he spoke there, and thinking the way what these questions have asked, sages have asked, this is bringing Sugadeva to my mind, my guru, and I should think of him, and as he has entered the hearts of all living beings, hmm? I should open my heart to embrace him, that he may sit in my heart, and thus I may be able to speak the Bhagavatam, that I may be the mouthpiece for him to speak. So this is the, the spirit of the Guru Parampara hmm? that Sutta is in, invoking here in order to extend the speech of the Bhagavatam. It's not my own work. I'm going to outdo Sukadev and so forth. No, I'm, I hope that he will sit in my heart and inspire me, or that he will sit in my heart and he will listen to what I say. And I will pray that I could say something about the Bhagavatam that he will appreciate as Vyasa sat and heard the Bhagavatam from Sukadev, although Sukadev had previously sat and heard the Bhagavatam. From Vyas, this is this is the idea, and Sutta Goswami has uh, embellished uh, the message. Hmm. So, offering respect to his guru hmm, and to the guru parampara and the descending way of of knowing and uh, disseminating Gaudiya Vaishnavism with respect for the, the the chain of the hierarchy, so to speak. Um, from whom the teaching has been 
passed down very carefully. He is now in a position, due to the fortune of the good questions, to present this. He knows what it's like. He got this from Sukadev. Hmm? Now to have the opportunity himself to to present it to a willing, enthusiastic audience, he's in, inspired, and so much will come out. And he thinks, even though that's the case, he thinks, all by the grace of Sukadev. Hmm? So this is how the speaker of the Bhagavatam should must position himself or herself. And again, although he or she may say more than the previous acharya, he or she knows it's it's because I've thought about them, because I've embraced them, because I've been, I've asked them, you know, to be present, to preside here, and that I might speak in such a way that they would be inspired, because I know. If my guru will be inspired by the way I speak, then some of the other people will also be inspired. That, that he will be proud of, of, of what of my learning and so forth. Here is my my test now. My chance to speak the Bhagavatam has, has come. I want my teacher to evaluate that. So I in, in, invite his presence, and he's there. Just like Sukadev was there, the inquiry of Vyas of of, of Parikshit called him. He didn't email him or anything like that. There was no like wireless connection, you know. Okay, come on over. So this is the, the this is this is the 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 heart language. So the heart of Parikshit was yearning for truth and answers conclusive answers to the to the to the to the to, the, to uh, the question of life. What is its purpose? What is its meaning? So earnest was his inquiry. So the system, so to speak, of the, the, the world responded. Hmm? And, and, and the Godhead, the consciousness behind the whole thing, hmm? responded in the form of Sukadev. So there's another, the point here, this is another kind of language, and that's what this Bhagavatam is about. That's the language that's being spoken here. So you can expect that there will be some different words and different ways of explaining things and so forth. There's a mystery hmm? as to the nature of consciousness. What to speak of that? The nature of bhava and prema. What possibilities there are? They're trying to talk about that. As I said, it's trying to talk about music to deaf people and so forth. So they're invoking it. Different um, 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 devices and so forth to try to. Uh, convey hmm? what is the urgency of Sugadev? What is the here the inspiration of Sutta? What is the position of Sugadev Goswami? Hmm? And this, what, how this topic that they, what they've asked about, what kind of response it warrants, uh, what the rules of that are, what the language of that is, and so forth. We're entering into a whole different school here of learning. The teachers are different, the language is different, the subject is different. It's not the subject that people in general are interested in. Hmm? They have a purpose (laughs) of their own, and they want to learn to facilitate their own purpose. Of course, that purpose that people have arrived at is largely as a result of ignoring the larger question that human life uh, brings up, the bigger why. Hmm. 
the ultimate why. That it comes up for everyone. And we either listen to it, answer it, or, or we kind of rationalize it away and find some lesser purpose and try to make it more a lesser purpose than the larger purpose. But there's a natural, as I've said in some classes recently, answer built into the system of the world to this human inquiry. The animals have a natural inquiry, how to sleep, eat, mate, and defend. Nature can answer this because of the nature of the inquiry. It's all with regard to dealing with nature, working within nature. But there's another inquiry in human life, which is, can I transcend nature? Am I more than nature? I feel like I'm more than nature. Is it so? This inquiry cannot be answered by nature. Only indirectly nature can answer that. This is, a, this is the Atma questioning. When the animal asks how to eat, how to sleep, made into it, this is nature asking. These are material questions. This is in the spiritual question. Now the Atma is asking in human life. It's come out from underneath, like the covering of material nature. It's like a, like a, a prisoner on probation. It's like consciousness is taking birth. Self-consciousness. I mean, self-awareness that I exist. This is like taking birth in human life. So it has questions as a child. <laughs> hmm? Why am, what am I? I look, seem different than everything else. Do I fit here? Hmm? These kind of these are these questions must be answered by consciousness, not by nature. Nature can only indirectly point to the question to the answers. Hmm? So a new type of another type of teacher has to come. And he's naked. (laughs) He's naked. He's not of the world. He came from somewhere else. And he wasn't wired or sent a letter or asked to come from the heart inquiry of Parikshit. There came an answer. So there's other way of communicating. And it's the more profound way of communicating. Because see, how profound is the question? How profound is the answer? How comprehensive? A person who's in everyone's heart has come. Hmm? Who has the capacity to enter every heart. Hmm? Means, means who, can, who can answer the heart's inquiry, the real heart's inquiry of everyone. This is what it means. He entered the hearts of everyone. Hmm? Means he could enter there. He could answer the question. He had that capacity. Hmm? And Sukadev had that, and Pariksit had that kind of answer. And Sutta happened to be sitting there. He was one of the learned people who were gathered at this huge event. The emperor is going to die. And this is his question. So, what will be, what will, how will we answer him? What kind of answers will come? They say so many answers were coming, but Sukadev silenced them all. And completely satisfied the inquiry. Richard Mars, so remembering him, he says, your questions now, I have to say what was said there. Hmm? There's nothing like that. And your questions are perfect questions because of that, because they're drawing out this kind of answer. So he's now on the edge of his seat. Hmm? Again, paying respects to the, to the, on one side, to the students, to the inquirers, 
and on the other side to his teacher. On all sides, means he's showing respect. The answers will come from above, and the, 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 the questions are taking me up. <laughs> so I must reflect there. So, this is the beginning then, Sutta speech. Any question? What's the time? Yeah. Yeah. occurs in sadhana bhakti. When sadhana bhakti is complete, then kleshagni is complete. Yeah, it's gradual. Just like the it's the removal of karma and the implications of karma, the avidya, the root of karma. So, like we have this um, Vishwanachakavitaka is shown at certain stages, then certain aspects of of our karmic implication will be removed and so forth. So, um, and the whole kind of show is stopped, Bhava Bhakti, which means it's finished. Uh, so in Asakti, uh, what's, the, what's the basis of material existence? Attachment to things. What's the basis of the end of Sadhana Bhakti? Attachment to Krishna. The bond is cut. Nishta means that the anarthas from good karma and bad karma are practically removed. So that's a big kind of interim step. And again, it doesn't mean that you won't um, suffer, but suffering is a perception in, in, in another sense. We'll suffer for Krishna's service. And there are many examples of great devotees suffering for Krishna's service, struggling in, in the Bhagavatam, the Pandavas are a classic example and so forth. So for Krishna's service we'll struggle, but it means that attachment, ignorance will be uprooted. This is perpetuates suffering. This is the cause of suffering. And pain and suffering, we could uh, kind of distinguish between the two. Hmm? If I pinch you, you may get some pain. But suffering is more of a mental affair, actually, hmm? due to attachments, is the implication. Another question? Like when the Buddhists, when the Buddhists speak about ending suffering, they distinguish between pain and suffering. To end suffering, how do they end suffering? By ending thirst. Thirst means desire. So end desire, you end suffering. But there might be some. You still might get a cold or whatever. <laughs> Just like we say in another sense, he has uh, he doesn't suffer from imperfect senses. And you might say, well, why is he wearing glasses? No, 
It means he, he accepts, he doesn't accept as a guide imperfect instruments for knowing. He accepts revelation. Hmm? So his, his, his instruments of knowing are not, are not in perfect senses. In terms, of, and we're talking about comprehensive knowing. Hmm? No. So what else? You must have mentioned earlier that the Jivagosam is in Bhakti Sandarbha. That if you if your mind is not oppressed, then you don't need to take initiation. But to me, that sounds like. Initiation is only required for up to like Anarthamidriti or something. Whereas like what I've heard previously is that, that initiation is like totally like tied into your Swarup and the whole thing and you can't access that without initiation. That's true. And that's a higher side of um, bhakti. Um, which the, the lower side of which is um, uh, freedom from the material implications and so on and so forth. But um, the the point that he makes there is that the, the mantra mm-hmm. itself is independent of initiation. Mm-hmm. So if one is disciplined and like Sukadeva, and comes in touch with the sound, mm-hmm. then it will have its effect. But still, that sound has to come. You cannot like, it's not just like controlling the mind and you become perfect in, in Prem Bhakti. So he has to have the mantra. You know, in the case of Sugadev, he heard the verses from Bhagavatam. So he makes the point that the Krishna mantra and Nam are independent of Diksha. But we're not independent of Diksha. And it's a really kind of a general statement that's just like, okay, if you want to press on the point, we could say this. But for all intents and purposes, that's not the practical reality. Indeed, um, you know, we grow by Sangha in Bhakti. And so the implication would be as well that he embraces totally Sadhu Sangha and um, here's Siksha and, and, you know, and so on and so forth. That's obviously required. You know, Prabhupada gives a per- there's this, the same statement is there in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Nam is independent of Diksha. His whole purport is about the necessary to, necessity to take Diksha. <laughs> so, so you can't get too far with that. He also says that that um, this is the way in which Bhagavan has done this. The sages have shown us. Even Narada has shown us Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took Diksha and so forth. So even though they didn't need it, they took it and set an example. So it really is, if you really look closely at it, it's, he doesn't say they don't need Diksha. All right, we'll stop there. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Hidai. Go, Premanandai.